as a defensive coordinator for his football program, he was notorious for having an attacking defense. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Viva Cristo Rey. That was the cry of the Cristeros, uh, the, the people who were responding to the Mexican Revolution in Mexico back around the 1900s when the revolutionaries would ride into town on their horses and break into the the churches and ride right into the churches and started killing priests and nuns and other Christians, they would cry out, Viva la Revolution! But the Catholics rose up against them, cried out, Viva Cristo Rey! Long live Christ the King! This became the shout of uh, the men that rode with me as we shot our reality show, Long Ride Home, uh, for EWTN, the 10-episode series will be airing this summer and one of the guys, I said, Coach, you just got to come and be on, be on the long ride with us. He was only able to get away for a few days. But uh, Coach John McKenna, this big beast of a man uh, from St. John the Baptist Church in New Jersey, uh, came and joined us and challenged the men at, the, at a big biker rally we had in Houston. He challenged us to go on the offensive. And by that, you know, uh, go on the offensive in, in growing closer to God. First of all, um, God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's not the rewarder of those who are kind of sort of open to a kind of sort of relationship with him. God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So first he challenges us just to commit our lives totally to Christ and to, uh, to go deeper with God. And then he challenges us as men to man up and take the offensive uh, to no longer, uh, you know, hide uh, from society uh, behind the over-the-top political correctness and things like that. You know, uh, Coach McKenna wasn't able to go with us on the ride. Uh, he is going to be part of the the ride uh, next year. But when we were on the ride, we uh, we went up into the Big Bend country, six of us on Harleys or different types of motorcycles, and we we got up to this mesa. And up on the mesa. We got up there well before sunrise. It just, just you could just kind of see a little bit of the, the, the lightness on the horizon. And the men stood up on the ridgelines, about 500, I would say maybe 700 yards away from me, 1,000 yards away from me. And several hundred yards apart, they just took positions up along the ridgeline. There's about, uh, there were six of us on bikes and four or five or six other guys that just went with us to support us. And all those guys got up on the ridgelines about four or 500 yards apart. And as the sun began to glow behind them, we all shouted out to each other, Viva Cristo Rey, which means long live Christ the King. It's a very militaristic response, in a sense, uh, to the, to the uh, Cristeros, uh, uh, not to the Cristeros, but to the Mexican revolutionaries on the part of the Cristeros back in the 1900s when the revolutionaries would ride their horses right into the churches and uh, they killed priests and nuns and Christians. And there was a response, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. In our modern society, we've seen it uh, throughout the world, and we're seeing it in, in throughout the Western world, seeing it in the United States. There's kind of this mar attempt to try to marginalize uh, Christians, to marginalize people believe, that believe there is one God, to marginalize people that believe there's absolute values. You know, a lot of people, you know, they believe that there is a God, 
but they want to have that new age God, that kind of impersonal, you know, they'll say that the universe will take care of you. Pray and ask the universe to help you. They want to impersonalize God because when you impersonalize him, you don't have any sort of accountability to him. You don't have any personal relationship with him. But God is a God is a God uh, who, who desires intimacy and companionship with us. He, the Catechism tells us, He seeks us out as friends. And so, what I'm saying is, it's time for men to man up and take the ridge lines again, to be silhouetted by the light of the Lord, and let people know that there's someone there standing for truth, someone there standing for justice, and someone uh, someone there standing for God. I don't mean we have to be jerks. I don't mean we have to be offensive to people. But we need to be uh, grounded enough in our faith. And to me, that means, number one, you know, you should be reading part of the catechism every day. I read at least two pages of, my cate- of the catechism uh, every day, and I've done that for, for years and years and years. And you know what I do now? I now, on my Facebook page, I uh, have uh, Deep Adventure Ministries. We actually, do a, we actually do a live reading of the catechism every morning at 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, either through my personal page, uh, Bear Wozniak, which is pretty much full of, uh, can't take too many more followers there, and our fan page, Deep Adventure Ministries. I actually read the catechism. We start out with the, with the uh, camera aiming at the ocean. It's in the background, and you're seeing the sunrise uh, coming up, usually at some point of the sunrise. And I read through the catechism, but I take about 15 minutes to just, you know, to talk about it too as we go through it. And then when we're done, I give you time to just meditate on uh, the word that was spoken while the, uh, and step out of the camera, and you can just watch the sun rising over the ocean and have a, a time of contemplation with the Lord. And then we close. Uh, but every, every morning, I, I proclaim the catechism. I, re- I read about two pages every day, and while I'm reading it, I teach from it. Uh, if you... Um, if you want to stand on that ridge line, if you want to stand for God, if you want to stand for truth, you need to have a well-formed conscience, and you need to have the ability to tell people why you believe what you believe. As Peter said, be ready with an answer for your hope. And we need to have an answer that isn't preachy and isn't full of judgment. We just need to let people know, well, this is what I believe. And it's not just dogma. It's not just blind acceptance of things. Uh, yes, I have faith in Jesus Christ, and I and I am a Catholic. I am a Christian. But I've reasoned through all these teachings, and not only uh, is this the truth of God, but the truth of God is good. It's 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 it seems it's logically and reasonably it's correct when you put everything in perspective. So we need to stand up on the ridge lines, but we have to do that by be able, being able to proclaim truth. And to do that, we need to be well formed. So I would begin with the catechism. Uh, my name is Bear Wozniak. We're going to be right back with Coach John McKenna. He's a, he was inducted in the Catholic Sports Hall of Fame along with me. Met him there, and we just have had a great relationship ever since. My name is Bear Wozniak. I'm your adventure guide. We'll be back with more Deep Adventure Radio. This is Bill Snyder, founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry at patchworkheart.org. And when I'm not too busy tying my shoes, I listen to Bear Wozniak and Deep Adventure Radio.
Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and I have a returning guest with me today, someone who's become a real friend and someone I deeply respect. Uh, coach John McKenna is the strength and conditioning coach and uh, leads uh, is a strong leader in the Catholic Athletes for Christ movement. He's uh, the coach at, I guess, the, the name of the high school there, Coach McKenna, is what again? Notre Dame High School in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. It's just so cool to have you on the show. Uh, one of the things you used to do is, I mean, we, you know, we were history as a as a, a a cop for a while, and and you you suffered an injury. You were a, you were a defensive uh, coordinator for that team, uh, that football team. And I just really dig your your approach to defense was to have basically an attacking offense. Uh, and and but I don't want to get into that because we've talked about that in the past. I want to talk about something more recent that we both experienced. You and I met at the at the um, induction ceremony for um, the. Catholic Sports Faith Hall of Fame in Chicago, and we were just like became like instant friends. And uh, you invited me out there to speak at, at uh, with you and Father Brian Sullivan. It's a church there, St. John the Baptist, in New Jersey. What's it? What town is that in, in again? That's in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, right okay. outside of Trenton. Uh, we're kind of halfway between Philadelphia and New York. But Coach, you and I had this experience uh, uh, shooting this ten-episode reality TV show. Uh, long ride home for EWTN, and uh, and we just had we just had a, an incredible experience. What 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 are the highlights you're taking from uh, from our time together down in Texas? Well, I think there are a couple of highlights. I think you know life is about relationships, and I think you know not only have we uh, you and I have grown together, and our relationship as friends um, and brothers is the other guys I got to meet, Doc, and all the other guys I got to meet that I've now created new relationships and new friendships. Um, that's the first thing I take away from it because I think that's what life's about is you know the relationships you can develop along the way and how you can grow from other people. Um, I don't think I've ever met anybody, good or bad that you can't take something away and say, I can use that. Again, good or bad, I may not want to be like that, or I want to be like that, or I really like something they do. And I think the other thing that I picked up is the brotherhood. The brotherhood of a bunch of people who are working together and everything that I really love. But the most important thing I picked up, and I got to tell a little story to, to get to this because it's about you. Um, I had the, uh, the pleasure of coaching with my son for a couple of years. And nobody will ever know that feeling till you do something like that, the heat of battle with your son. And watching you work with your sons in this, and your sons were unbelievable, um, probably gave me more joy than you can imagine. To be able to watch you working with your sons, you know, them doing, you know, the ones directing, the other one with the cameras and everything, and just how you guys work together. That's like one of the neatest things for a father, to be able to share their passion with their sons. And, and that was one of the biggest things I took away. And I think you knew that because I complimented your, your son when I left him because I was so impressed with how hard he worked and everything he's doing with the show and everything. And, you know, it's hard sometimes. You know, you and I are guys, frontline guys. You, I, you, you know, I do a lot of talking. You, you know, you got the TV thing going and everything. But it's hard to be that back, in, you know, that guy in the background. And, and your sons carried it so well and they worked so hard. You are so blessed to have them with you. Well, that is just so cool. You know, Coach, um, I like what you said in the heat of battle because it really was, a, you know, the – we, you know, starting out before we even started to shoot the reality show in the first episode, you'll show us 
riding our motorcycles in the hurricane, trying to get them up to higher ground, and, and you know that the hurricane that hit uh, the Florida area. And then just the shakedown crews involved in, you know, shooting a reality show, riding a motorcycle, you know, when that, when that pursuit vehicle is chasing you and wanting you to pull over and getting this shot and getting that shot, and it is hard work. By the time we got to Houston, we were already exhausted. By the time we got into the Big Bend country of Texas with the other riders after we, le- after we left you guys in Houston, um, there was a, the second night we were there, we were supposed to do a shoot-up on the Mesa. And, you know, me, I'm just going to keep moving till I drop. And I was like, okay, let's go, let's go. And my son Shane calls me aside and goes, Dad, we're not going to do it. And I go, what? This is in my script. I've got this all written down. we got to get all these guys and go, Dad, you can go up there and do it, but you're not going to get anything. The guys are exhausted. Everyone needs a break. And it was just so cool, you know, for him to make that, uh, that to, to see that, to make that, in a sense, to make a stand. And for me to go, you know what? You're right. And, uh, and to, and, you know, respect his role as the director of the shoot and, and to let him call the shots and, and to value the fact that he's calling the shots and seeing what I wasn't seeing. So, yeah, it was a great experience working with him. And then my son, Joshua, uh, who is the technical director, people have no idea what he was doing. When you do a reality show, you're, you're filming tons of footage. With Sometimes we had eight, ten cameras moving at once, plus two or three different streams of audio. And his kuleana, his responsibility is to make sure that's all backed up Discs are, you know, reformatted so they can be reused, and it's just a, it's a. He was working way into the night um, when everybody else was sleeping. So he, so those two guys uh, going through that fire, it really was a great experience for us, you know. To uh, at the end of it all, right now we're having the most fun editing the show, but um, and even that is a, is a type of a fire. So I'm really, you're telling me that brings me the greatest uh, joy. <laughs> Well, I was just so neat to watch you guys work together and everything. Hey, and I know there were times. There were times when, you know, they got a little hairy at times. There were times that people rubbed against each other. And, and like I told you uh, the day before I left, you know, um, I have a lot of faith in you. Um, you know, and, and, and I watch. I've learned over the years to sit back and watch people and, you know, see what they're doing. And you have such a passion for what you do. And But I, what I think is so special about you, you see things that most people don't see. And um, as a good coach, you do that. You see two, three plays ahead. And I think you, in this reality thing, you're doing that. You're seeing, you, you, you've got a vision of what's going to happen ahead. And, um, and then I don't think everybody has that vision. And then when they start, you know, they question that vision, you know, you start thinking, well, maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, and what I told you, and, you know, you, know you, you were there when I told you, believe in yourself because I think you've got something special. Um, and, and that's not just because you're my friend or anything, because, you know, I've been around long enough. I call it like it is. You have that ability to see two or three scenes ahead in life, because I believe, you know, the good Lord's in your heart. You do everything with a good heart. You have a passion for what you do, and you're at another level. And there are just some people that perform at that other level. You know, Coach, those words, you, you know, and by the way, I never got to say goodbye to you. I mean, you, you, those words to me, uh, as we, you know, wasn't that departure scene from, from the Catholic Charismatic Center in Houston? Wasn't that the coolest thing when we all took off? It was breathtaking. Arms? It was it was unbelievable. That's why I didn't have a chance to say goodbye, but I didn't want to ruin that moment because I was just in awe, and it was breathtaking. But you grabbed me, and you said those words to me. You said, "Stay true." Basically, stay true to your vision. Stay true to yourself through this shoot, and. I cannot. I, when I heard it, I go, okay, I get it. But when, but I cannot tell you how many times I went back to that as the as the voice of uh, Moses or God or something speaking to me because 
there were many times where people questioned what I was doing. And it's really because they didn't see the big picture. And, uh, but I just stayed true uh, to the vision and really helped me stay the course. You know, Coach, in so many uh, uh, small ways, for example, there was one scene where we were trying to get our motorcycles all up uh, this kind of little bit tricky area, riding on some grass and getting the motorcycles into formation around our chairs that we were sitting in and then uh, having the altar in front of us. It ended up being one of the greatest scenes in the whole show, but people were trying to tell me, uh, hey, you can't, you know, don't do it. You know, you're not going to be able to get the motorcycles up the slope. It's a difficult area. But I looked at my riders, and I knew that my riders, I knew these guys could ride. And it was like no issue for them. And uh, But time and time again with little scenes, and also just the big picture of the, of the overall 10 episodes, how the story that's going to be told and the way we're telling it, you know, like the opening scene. I don't know, have you seen the opening uh, one minute yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm going to save I'm going to save the first episode of the show and then send that to you so you can preview it. But, uh, you know, it starts out with kind of almost a ZZ Top type uh, soundtrack, kind of a light version of it, and images of his riding across the United States. And, uh, and the thing about that is, you know, it's going to be on EWTN television. So I'm having to tone it down, but, e, but, but stay with the vision of showing, you know, tough men. But your word to me really has kept me on course, and I think about it every time I sit down to edit. So I, I really appreciate that. And we did have, we have, uh, we've already edited the rough edit of at least part of, uh, of your talk. Uh, you know, how we're taking two, two slices of your talk and using it. And you know the way we're using it, Coach, is like while we're riding our motorcycles, people want to see that. They want to see the country we're riding a across and the riding in a pack and all of that. But what we'll do is, and people don't want to see talking heads. But here we've got this beautiful talk that you're giving. And so what we'll do is we introduce you, um, you know, giving the talk, and then we switch to B-roll. And you're kind of in the side panel while the people wa- are watching us ride motorcycles. Uh, you know, we'll do a split screen. And then we fade you out completely. And we're just hearing your voice as we ride. And then we bring you back in. So it's a way of uh, getting the message across um, while still keeping the show entertaining, you know, that's great. So it, that's it's really just a great. great combination, but coach, we had so many, uh, amazing experiences, uh, out in the desert, but tell, talk to us about that, that experience we had that evening, uh, down there where, where we were, uh, praying, I guess Houston is one of the major sex trafficking areas in the world. And we were down there by the brothels. Tell, tell, tell people what happened there. Uh, you so know, cool. one of the neat things I mean, is, you know, everybody's got a purpose in life. And these people were amazing because, uh, this group that we were involved with, you know, they're praying, you know, in front of the brothels, you know, the prostitution and all the things that, you know, that, that are wrong in this world. And they're going from brothel to brothel. We're walking along and, um, you know, and of course, you know, being the ex-cop and the protector comes out of me, and I was worried. I, I was worried about the, our camera guys, your sons and uh, the other camera guys, because they got their backs to everything. And, of course, you get a couple of local guys want to come out, and they want to flex their muscles, and, you know, and, and not, nothing really that was that scary, but that protector comes out in you, you know, and I'm getting up in age, but, you know, yeah, you forget how old you are, and you're, and you're young at heart and everything, and I just kept putting myself, and after a while, I knew you were watching me, so that these guys had their backs covered at all times. <laughs> 
because I would, you know, you know, one, they become good friends over this, uh, you know, journey we're taking together and everything. And, and it's just me, you know, you become that protector, that father, um, you know, to make sure the, that the young kids, the cameramen were okay. Um, but it was amazing. The, uh, the passion that these people have for something like this, uh, they go up and down like that, you know, uh, to take care of the poor, the, to, to pray in front of the brothel and everything. And we forget, you know, the seedier side of life. Um, you know, we forget what it's like and everything. And, and you know, uh, you know, the prostitutes peeking out, uh, you know, the Johns coming out, the one guy who backed the car out, he was going to, you know, flex his muscles a little bit and everything. And, you know, we took care of it in a nice, peaceful way because that's the way we do things. Right. It was, it was you know, I, I had uh, a Matt's back with, his, you know, I would kind of, you know, hover behind him and you were, you were kind of casual, you know, too. It was, it, we were, we were, and I think Jason Jones was there too, who's a martial artist. So there was three of us that were just kind of there, but without trying to intimidate or 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 or, or provoke anything. Uh, when that one pimp came out, like you said, he backed out his car and just kind of smiling at him and saying, "Yeah, I guess you would like for us to leave." And he goes, "And he goes, yeah, I guess yeah, we'll do that sometime soon." You know, just to be uh, courteous and respectful, not intimidating, but still getting the job done. And the, and the cool thing about it is, and then when his enforcer showed up in that Jeep, you know, uh, right. kind of both of them kind of kind of pushing their cars a little bit through our group. But the coolest thing is that group held its ground. Um, you know, the, the guy carrying the cross, you know, you know, carrying the cross, the big cross on his shoulder, and then the woman carrying that cross that um, uh, Doc brought. Um, and then everyone praying a, a full decade out of the rosary be, before each uh, brothel as we walked along the street. And people that were driving, this is a very busy part of Houston. People driving by were honking their horns or waving at us and cheering for us too, you know. And even even some police guys drove by and, and, and waved at us, you know. And it's, it's Yeah, and, uh, you know, there, there seems to be a ton of support. And, and, you know, apparently they do this, I think, monthly. If, I, if I'm correct, they do it monthly or maybe every other week. But it was amazing. And you got to figure, they did it with us and there were what i think 12 14 of us and everything all, all, and, wearing, you know, our, that, all wearing our biker vests so we look like a little mm -hmm. bit of a force but they're going down there alone you know just these women and some of the men and and uh and you know and they are the force i mean that that's spiritual that that's what's going to bring all that down is that spiritual warfare uh the prayers that were going up so it was it was you know uh it was significant, and the, you know, and the, and the the experience at their church was really something too, you know. And that one woman, uh, Kim, and her husband Fred, uh, they're the ones that brought Father Mark and I together. You know, she ran into Father Mark's office and said, "I heard about this adventure retreat in Cocoa Beach, Florida. This is two or three years ago, and you got to go." And so, uh, Father Mark came to that, and then we did a, a, an adventure quest in in Galveston for his church, and now we've uh, we've launched this uh, the reality show. So it's just. It was just really cool. But you know, Father Mark's a very special guy. You know, he's one of the reasons that I believe the Catholic Church is on the way back, and that we get guys like him and some of the young guys we got down here. We're going in the right direction. We get people like him who believe. I mean, th th their church was rocking. It was like when I, we went to their service, and you, you know, you're just stepping a beat when you come out of there because you just felt good about the whole thing, and they, and they did a great job. You'll see in the in the uh, reality show, Father, as soon as. Father Francis said in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, um, you, you will see something really powerful hit me. Um, I, I, you know, you were standing in the back. You're in the, you're in the shot. But 
Um, it was hard for me. I, I mean, I was really uh, touched by the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. I started tearing up and crying, and you know, I, I haven't cried in maybe a decade, you know. And uh, it wasn't an emotional experience. It was just an infusion of God's power and, and God's love and God's reassurance. And you know what, what it is, Coach? It's just like when you came up to me. I mean, who am I to, uh, be, to be involved in having a radio show or writing books or speaking? When I look at all the powerful people around me uh, that just love Jesus so much, uh, who am I to, to lead this reality show? But, you know, God chooses us and, and uses us in spite of ourselves. And, and in spite of our weaknesses and in spite of our inabilities. But that moment of him saying, uh, of the Holy Spirit touching me like that, just this tremendous infusion, and then you're coming up to me and telling me to say true to the vision, it's that type of encouragement, you know, that, that get, keeps us going and lets us know that it's not about us, it's about the Lord. Uh, he can do it with a Gideon army. He doesn't need, he doesn't need us powerful, you know, uh, some sort of gifted people. What he needs is people that are willing. Uh, we're talking with Coach John McKenna, uh, a cast member of our reality show, Long Ride Home. Uh, that will be airing on EWTN this summer. Uh, Coach, we'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wasman. Deep Adventure Radio, where the surf is always up. With Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 66. I don't know how many of you out there have uh, got your private pilot license, but one of the first things they do, I mean, within the first two or three flights, I don't know if they're using it to separate the men from the boys or, or, or what, but they take you out and they teach you how to do a stall. In other words, you're flying in the plane, it's doing, you're doing just great, you're like, uh, you know, tense as can be. You're hanging on too hard to the, you know, to the throttle and everything. And then they say, okay, just raise this nose up and put it to full throttle. And let's take this puppy up until it stalls and starts to fall back down. So you're going up and up and up and up. And you start hearing, uh, you start hearing the engine screaming louder. You, you, you feel yourself slowing down. And then there's this high kind of whistling sound uh, that is screaming at you saying, this isn't good. This is, a ma- this is an alarm. You're about to go into a stall. And then all of a sudden, the plane stalls, and, and your engine, which of course is the heaviest part of the plane, just drops, and you're in free fall. Your engine is just dr- hurtling towards earth. And then the instructor says, put it you know, to full throttle, go as fast as you can. And what that does is it accelerates you enough uh, so that you'll come out of the stall. The lesson is that an airplane wants to fly, and an airplane is made to fly. Even in a stall, it wants to come out of that stall, and it wants to fly. You're an airplane. God has given you a spirit. God's given you a heart that's meant to soar, that's meant to fly. If you feel yourself in a stall, put your nose down. Get a little bit humble and just focus on the Lord. And just say, Lord, not by might, not by strength, but by your spirit. I give all I am to you. You're meant to fly. Your problems shouldn't be holding you down. Get humble before the Lord. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak. 
suffering in paradise for you. Aloha. I'm here with uh, Coach John McKenna. He's uh, the strength and conditioning coach for uh, Notre Dame High School in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Uh, he's a member of the Catholic Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a, a speaker. He's very involved with Catholic Athletes for Christ. And he's become a, a great friend of mine. Uh, coach, do you remember the saying they said in that church, Viva Cristo Rey? Yes. Uh, it, it became the creed as we rode on, on our motorcycles. Viva Cristo Rey, uh, long live Christ the King. I think is going to become uh, one of the, uh, the the rallying cries for the men's movement in the Catholic Church. That's great. Yeah, it, you know that's unbelievable. Yeah, it was uh, it was um, a very a powerful transformation starting at that the Catholic Charismatic Center. I remember when I was uh, leading worship at a Catholic Charismatic prayer meeting in the in the seventies in Las Cruces. Uh, most were most of the people there were Latino, and they would always say "Viva Cristo Rey" and shout it back and forth to each other. And I didn't know the history of the Cristero movement down in Mexico when the Mexican revolutionaries would ride in on their horses into these villages, right into the churches and destroy the churches and kill the priests and the nuns and the Catholics there. When they would yell, Viva la Revolution, the, the, the Catholics in Mexico would yell out, Viva Cristo Rey. And, uh, and uh, even on my warrior rosary that I pray, there's uh, Jose Sanchez del Rio, a young boy, who was martyred. Those were, you know, his last words. And I feel like it's something, uh, in your talk, you talked about the warriorship. And I think there's something of this sort of, I don't know if you would call it renegade uh, spirit. There's this, I mean, among, you know, Christians have always had to go against the grain. You know, we've always been swimming upstream. We have to have kind of a little bit of a rebel uh, force sort of attitude, a Gideon's army sort of attitude. Uh, and you talked about that there about the warriorship. Um, well, you know how I feel. I think over the you know the last decade of Catholic education and you know Catholic the Catholic Church has sissified the men, or men have sissified themselves. You know, and there's no blame there, but we have just become very passive and everything. And I, you know, um, I think it's time. You know, we're we're at a troubling time in our country. So, Coach, you were saying, uh, we had a little interruption there. You were talking about how, uh, you know, not just within the church, but within the nation, men have been sissified and how how they need to stand up again for their families, Uh, you know, each man for his family. Can you talk about that more? Yeah, and I, I think it's time, you know, you know we, we've got to get back to, you know, fathers who pray with their families, uh, fathers that are involved with their families, fathers who take their families to church. Um, and I'm going to go off the side note a little bit, but I just took a new role on um, the, uh, they're starting a thing called the National High School Strength Coaches Association, and the only thing, um, it's for high school strength coaches, and um They've asked me to be regional director from basically all the way up from Vermont to West Virginia. I've taken on eight states. But my agreement to them was I will be involved if you understand what I am. I am a strength coach, but I am a faith coach. And whenever I talk, I just don't talk about strength training. I talk about my faith. And I said, as long as you understand that, that every time I talk, I, my faith is going to be involved in this, then I'll accept the position. And I think it's time for us to stand up and talk about our faith and, and talk to other men about our faith. I want other strength coaches to understand why I run my gym like I do. I run my gym with the Catholic athletes for Christ being involved. I talk to my young men about faith, and, you know, it's a big part of our room. We, we have a room of character. We don't curse in here. 
we, we, you know, uh, we pray before every lift, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That doesn't simplify me. It, it just makes me a real man, and that's what a real man is. And I think that's what we have to go back and, you know, take a page out of Joe Arman, who's a great, great guy and, uh, you know, played for the old Colts and everything. Know what a real man is. A real man is a man of compassion who understands his faith. And I believe that's what we have to go back to. You know, uh, you were mentioning how, uh, you know, the the armor of God that Scripture talks about is only on the front side. There's no, de- there's, there's no defensive armor. It's it's all uh, being on the attack. And you mentioned how the men need to start by uh, building, uh, rebuilding their families and leading their families. You lead by example. You don't lead by telling your kids to pray. You don't lead by telling them to go to Mass. You lead by having them wake up in the morning and seeing their dad uh, sitting uh, with his second cup of coffee, uh, reading the book of Matthew. You, lead, you, know, you lead by example. But at the, at the wall uh, in Nehemiah, you know, we call our men's rallies the call to the wall. And uh, when Nehemiah came back to Jerusalem and saw that the walls were, of the city were fallen down, he challenged the people to rebuild the wall. And they rebuilt it with one family at a time. Uh, if the first five or six chapters of Nehemiah just mention a man's name and his family and say they rebuilt the wall from this section to this section. And then the next man's name is mentioned and he renamed, he rebuilt it from, from, with his family from this section to this section. It's about the domestic church. Uh, but if you're, if you're leading your family and you're not arising an hour early every morning to pray, uh, you, your family's in trouble. You know, and, and I've said this all along. If you let your praying needs get lazy, your family's going to get lazy. My family has to see that I believe in prayer. They have to see me, and I have to lead by example. I can't say, hey, go to church, uh, have a good time, and I, I'm going to be here watching the football game while you guys are off at church today. I have to be packing them in the car and taking them to, to church with them and praying with them. That's my job. And um, that's my job as a true man and as a true father. And I think if we get back to that, a lot of our problems are going to disappear. Take care of your own house. Build your foundation in your own house. And if we build one house at a time, and it'll start to grow, and it'll start to grow, and then all of a sudden you look around and we won't have all these problems. Well, here's the thing, and, here's the thing, Coach. You know, when they were rebuilding that wall, it says this man rebuilt from here to here, and that man and his family rebuilt from here to here. But as they began to develop success, they came under attack. And then they had to work even more as a community where, where one man was building, another man stood and protected him with a shield and with a spear. And where one man carried, uh, was carrying bricks or, or mortar to where they were rebuilding, he carried it with a sword in his hand. Uh, when there was a call, when there, someone was trying to uh, breach uh, one of the areas of the wall, they would, they would sound out with a ram's horn and everyone would come you know, to the rescue. What we're saying is you, you, get, you get your family involved by leading them by example. But guess what? You can't do it alone without brotherhood. You no, and you can't do other. it without building a solid foundation in your own home. Once you have a solid foundation, you can step out and help other people. But we need each other. Men need to begin to gather. Maybe it's just for breakfast in the morning once a week with five like-minded you know, Christians. Or maybe it's to develop a men's movement in your church. Uh, talk about that. And, and, you know, the Long Ride Home is all about modeling masculine uh, brotherhood, fraternity, the need for men to, to gather together weekly uh, to encourage each other. And not only encourage each other, and I think the best thing, one of the best 
things we did out there, and I'll, I won't forget this. Uh, we had worked hard all day and everything. We had been all over the place, and you know, without even telling each other, we ended up meeting on the, by the pool. And all of a sudden, the cigars start coming out, and, and you know, all of a sudden, we we start rehashing our day and um, kind of looking at things we did and everything, and, and men getting together, break out a couple cigars. That's what real men do. They sit around, they talk about their day. You know, what could we have done better? What could we change? You know, what can we do together tomorrow? And it's an opportunity to make fun of each other. Yeah. (laughs) It was a great, yeah, you're right. That experience of having gone into battle together. So, you know, one of the things I would challenge men to do is, is, is if you don't have a men's movement in your church, do one. All it takes is you and two other men to start something and, and uh, you know, call, have Coach and I or our group come out and do a call to the wall or rally at your church. Uh, but develop a men's movement within your, your church. And when you work hard together, you bounce off each other. You see each other's rough edges. You, you're going into battle together. Then you have to have those times of just, uh, like you said, like um, when I was there with you guys when we did our, when we did our last uh, rally there afterwards, we had whiskey, cigars, and talk story, kind of like, uh, and that was the really the time of real bonding. Because after the battle's over, you need to have that sort of uh, sense of uh, you know coming back together. So men need to men need to not just spend time in individual prayer and not just to lead their families, but we need each other to to see that we're not alone. That every the people out there, you might be facing a an area of sin or challenge in your life or or whatever. You're not alone. And believe me, everyone out there is experiencing the same thing. Absolutely. You're never alone. And again, one of the best things you could do is, uh, you know, I, I think we're developing a special group here, a group of men that, that, that believe, have a purpose and everything. And I loved uh, the day we did the talks. And, you know, and again, you know, I did, you know, you know, I was the guy that let it off, kind of get everybody going and everything. Poor Shane had a heart attack when I started pounding my chest and almost beat the microphone to death. But you know what? I was amazed. I love going first because then I got to listen to everybody else, tell their stories, what they've been through, how they've survived, how they did it. I learned so much. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, you, in life. You carry around a toolbox and you're always looking for tools uh, to throw in your toolbox to make you a better carpenter. And uh, I picked up so many tools, listening to Doc, listening, listening to Jason. And, uh, you know, I just picked up so many things that, that I felt blessed when I, I walked out that room. And, you know, I go to coaches clinics all the time, and I always look for one little thing. I felt like I left that day with, like, uh, my toolbox was overflowing. And just some of the stories and everything, I said, wow, if they can get through that, you know, and have the faith they have, I just felt so good when we walked out of that room. It wasn't just, uh, you know, it wasn't Catholic apologetics or theology, although there was some real deep teaching there, too. A lot of that was just men telling their story. And uh, the gut, the, at the gut level, uh, you know, opening up and sharing about some of them had a challenge with pornography, you know, some of them with alcoholism, uh, some of them with, uh, you know, pursuing their career and neglecting uh, their walk with the Lord. But they all, but it was more of a testimony type experience where the where everyone, anyone in that room could have uh, stood up probably and given given uh, us. Uh, you know, the, you know, the thing about it is people want to watch a reality TV show. They watch these reality shows, and it's all full of petty drama. But what you saw in that room was Rocky Balboa-type drama, you know, real-life drama. And there's nothing more uh, real 
than Jesus Christ, you know, in, in, in someone's life. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask your impressions, Coach McKenna, of when we all rode up on our, on our motorcycles uh, to that men's rally. I think there was 30 or 40 bikers rolled up for that men's rally. We're talking with Coach John McKenna. We're going to be going to St. John the Baptist Church there in uh, Lawrenceville, uh, New Jersey, uh, um, around May 13th or so that, that weekend. We're going to do a call to the wall men's rally, and then we're going to roll thunder all the way down the Blue Ridge Parkway on our motorcycles, uh, hopefully to end up there at EWTN Studios. Uh, this is Bear Wozniak. Uh, we'll be right back with more. Coach McKenna, Viva Cristo Rey! Viva Cristo Rey! Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Coach John McKenna, uh, the uh, strength and conditioning coach for Notre Dame High School in Lawrenceville, uh, New Jersey. Uh, powerful uh, man of God. He leads the Catholic Athletes for Christ movement in his area and uh, is respected around the country uh, for his leadership in the strength and conditioning area for athletes. We were both, we met when we were both inducted in the Catholic Sports and Faith Hall of Fame, and we've been great uh, friends ever since. Coach McKenna, Viva Cristo Rey! Viva Cristo Rey! Hey, Coach, one of the cool things about this men's rally is showed you that the Holy Spirit was really involved in this. You know, when we call for men to gather together, uh, usually you can expect 100 to 400 guys to show up, you know. But at this particular call to the wall that was particularly organized, uh, we, it was a men's rally, but we were filming it. It was for our reality show. It was the strangest thing when this, this rally had been promoted at a church of 4,500 parishioners and at six or seven churches in the area that no one came. 
except bikers. You know, there, there was one person that came uh, from the church. Otherwise, it was the Iron Deacons, the Knights on Bikes, the Catholic Cross Bearers, and the Long Ride Home Riders. What did you think about that? Wasn't that mysterious? It was mysterious, and you know, and and again, here's what we're talking about: the whole show. Men got to stand up. Men got to, you know, and, and I think men are timid about coming out and being with other men, um, and bearing their souls. Uh, I'm not afraid to bear my soul in front of anybody. You know, I flew all the way to Houston, Texas, to bear my soul. Um, I think we've got to do more of that. Um, it was powerful, and I guarantee you. And you know, you know, I'm not afraid to stand up and say we're going to pack the house when you come to our place, and it's not just going to be bikers. We got people on fire here. We got a couple men's groups involved. We got our Knights of Columbus involved already. We're going to pack the house when you come here because you've got a great message. Every our, The whole team has a great message, a message that we can take and we can grow from. And that's what we want our church to do, our grow, grow as men and bring it back to the church and everything. So we're on fire about you coming out here in May, you know, and, and, and that's what I think has to happen. And I, and I think it comes down to about promotion and time. I'm, you know, I've got a lot more time to promote this, and we're getting people on fire. We've had little things in the bulletin already. We had your interview from when you were in Trenton here. We threw it up on our church Facebook page and everything. So we're sparking the fires right now. You know, we're getting everybody fired up. And I think that's what you have to do do. But I'll tell you what, those people who didn't come that day, they missed out. Well, you know they what? missed out because that was powerful. You know what, Coach? Here's my thought. I felt like at that moment, God put his spear in the ground right there. And he said, we're going to start with Gideon. We're going to start with Gideon's army. We're going to start with just the real, the real men that are really committed to Jesus Christ. And when you looked in that room, those men were tough guys. I don't mean they were machismo. They were guys that you could see by the look on their face, whether they were priests or deacons or, or laymen. You could look at the grizzled look on their face. Not only the grizzled look. You know what, Barry? They were real men. Yeah, they, they, they are what I call real men. They had faced adversity in their life. They may not have been big, you know, muscle-bound guys, but every one of those guys had faced real adversity and had come through it. And, and so I feel like the mystery behind that is that that is where uh, the Vivo Cristo Rey start, started, right there, just with the toughest guys, the ones that are the most deeply committed to Christ, you know, showing up. And from there, you know, the Gideon army effect, you know. So, you know, you and we're going to keep going. Like I said, I am, uh, you know, we're on fire. Like uh, Father Brian and I out here, we're, we're already talking to people. We've already had a meeting with the Knights of Columbus. We've already talked to a couple of different adult groups. Um, I'm talking to my people here at Notre Dame. We're going to pack this place because, you know, it's real simple. Either go big or go home. You know, we get a chance to get our team out here, you and the team and everything. I'm not going to let anybody down, and I don't want anybody to miss the experience of hearing your message. Well, thing, well you saw when we brought you out before. We had no problem packing the church. Well, the thing about it is, though, I just feel like this was the ground zero point of launch. It's the compression of those Harley-Davidson pistons. You know how they, they, they go down and they compress and they compress, and then there's that spark. And the piston explodes, you know, and and I feel like that was the compression of the Gideon's army, and now something really uh, powerful is going forth from that from that call to the wall, and you know we we should be inviting people to have our our team come out. Our goal is to do four call to the walls a year anywhere in the world, anywhere that God leads us. 
Um, our next one is scheduled that we have on our schedule is is up there in Lawrenceville. Um, but we would like we would love to bring our team of, of bikers our, our, and our team riders, the guys that were in the pursuit trucks. I mean, everybody that spoke was either a, later on on a motorcycle or in one of the pursuit vehicles, you know, helping us on the ride. So it's a real team that's been forged, you know, uh, through some adversity. But the Gideon Army is is this is this sense that when the when the guys went down to fight that battle that day. Uh, when they were preparing to, to fight, God said, there's too many of them. They will think that they won the world battle instead of me. So he sent everyone home that was worried and was afraid or had people uh, at home that they were that needed to be cared for. They sent them away. And finally, in the third, the third cut, he said, have the men you know, you know, kneel down by the water and drink. And anyone who looked down at the water and lapped it up like a dog would was sent home. But those who, who kept their eyes on the horizon and scooped the water in their hand, palm of their hands and drank it while being able to still look up uh, and be alert, he kept those men. And it went down to just a few hundred men. I feel like if you look around you and you go, what can we do? There's just two or three of us here that care about this. That's God can do great things with two or three men. Powerful, uh, powerful, powerful ministry, a powerful impact on your church and community can happen with just three men. You know, talk about what you guys do in your church. I mean, you guys actually work out together there. We have a great thing going now, you know, and uh, we're blessed to have Father Brian Woodrow, and he is unbelievable, and he gives us a free reign. We have a workout class that meets Tuesday and Thursdays of um, parishioners, and uh, it's a huge group. Um, Fathers invested in the kettlebells. We have ropes and everything, and now we're we're inside now um, because of the weather. But it's another way, you know, of strong body, strong mind, strong faith. And we believe in combining all three of that. And, and I believe you need to be physically fit. I, need, I believe you need to be spiritually fit. But I believe it's easier to be spiritually fit if you're physically fit. Because then you feel good about yourself. You feel good about your connection. You know? and, and there's a pride to what you do, and you try to do the whole package together. So we've done that. Uh, we, you know, we do the training. We do a lot of things together. We do family things, and, and we stress family. But we, also, you know, we do a lot of men's things. Our Knights of Columbus group is unbelievable. And uh, we, we, we have a men's group. We have, we have all kinds of different groups. Anything it takes to get people back to the church get back to the church and get involved. I mean, it's really nice to watch our, our, our church basement. We got half of it. We're working out. We got groups meeting in the corner and everything. And there's activity. And that's what we want in our church, you know, in our parish. We want activity all the time. You know, so we've been talking with Coach John McKenna. He's the strength and conditioning coach. He, he creates the athletes, hands them off to the coaches of the different teams that are at Notre Dame High School, and they're, they're just, they just win championship after championship. My name is Bear Wozniak. Um, we're talking about our reality show, Long Ride Home. We rode Harleys from Florida to California, uh, and you can go to my website. Hey, book, just and, – and Coach uh, uh, McKenna loves uh, my books. He gives them to his athletes there uh, at his gym. Uh, you can go to our, my website, deepadventure.com, and find out more about our Call to the Wall rallies, more about our Long Ride Home reality show. And we'll be right back after this. Uh, Coach, viva Cristo Rey! Viva Cristo Rey! We'll be right back. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Surf's up. Real and radical ways to live your faith. Hi, this is Mark Cox of thekingsmen.org for Deep Adventure Radio with this week's Surf's Up episode. 
In my new book, For Men, Courage Brothers, A Call to Answer the Crisis in Masculinity, I focus on John the Baptist. In the Gospel of Luke, we hear Jesus say, I tell you, among these born of women, no one is greater than John, yet the least in the kingdom is greater than he. John was a man of, of little uh, problem with food. John's food was locusts and wild honey. Locusts and honey. Can you imagine having these foods as your steady diet? For the person that had a tendency to complain when his food does not taste good, does not cook to his satisfaction in a restaurant, this is a hard thing to imagine. But what does this tell us about John? This is a man who is focused on his mission to do the will of God. He's not concerned with food. Let's look at John the Baptist's great courage and humility as a man. I was not afraid to call a spade a spade either. The mission was to call others to repentance and boldly proclaim that the kingdom of God was at hand. Can you see the liberals of today reacting to some of John's words? John doesn't care about anyone's thoughts or opinions. He's concerned only with what God thinks. He demonstrates this best when he calls out the Sadducees and Pharisees, when he calls them a brood of vipers, and boldly warns them of their impending judgment for their actions. John shows great fortitude when he rebukes Herod for his unlawful marriage. Brothers, we need to do this in today's culture. Men, today the world is starving for courage, starving for men like St. John the Baptist. I pray that you have that courage. I pray that you call upon the intercession of this great saint. For as Jesus said, there has been no man born of woman greater than John. This has been Mark House for Youth Adventure Radio for this week's Surf's Up episode. Surf's Up. Go deep or go home. Viva Cristo Rey and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I want to invite you uh, to go to our website, deepadventure.com. So many powerful things are happening right now in the ministry. Uh, we're in the process of uh, editing uh, season one of Long Ride Home. You may know we did a Deep Adventure reality show, a one-hour special last year, uh, well, June of 2017 or May, I think it was that it aired. And now uh, this summer, we're going to be airing a 10-episode series called Long Ride Home, where we take our uh, motorcycles and basically ride from Cocoa Beach, Florida, across to California. We meet up with the Catholic Motorcycle, Catholic Crossbears Motorcycle Ministry in Louisiana. We meet about 30 or 40 bikers in uh, Houston, Texas, Texas for a Catholic men's rally. And then six of us ride into the Big Bend country for several days of retreat. And then Tony Orban and I continue on to, uh, to San Diego. And then I roll thunder. I, I ride all the way up to Carmel where I, I kind of first had my experience of God. So if you go to our website, you get to stay up to date on that. If you go to our website, we'll send you this radio show, uh, actually the day before it airs, because this is a recorded show. We can do that. And also you can find we have over 250 archived radio shows there. You can buy my two books, Deep in Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, and Deep in the Way of a Surfing Guide to the Soul. You can buy our T-shirts. We, we've got the, the, the Tom Sullivan's Warrior Rosary. Uh, we got a lot of things uh, there that you can share with your friends, too, as far as evangelizing them. So go and subscribe to our newsletter, deepadventure.com. Until next week, uh, may the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. And viva Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.